Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and today I'm talking to award-winning, amazing songwriter, musician, producer, and woman of many talents, Holly Knight. How are you, Holly? I'm doing great. You know, it's been a crazy year, but uh, all that considered, I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, it has been a crazy year. It's been it's been weird, too, because at the beginning, I didn't feel creative at all, but now... I am. No, I I wasn't either. Like I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, I'm writing so many songs now about you know what I'm going through," and it's like you and everybody else are going to be writing about it. And I just felt like very uninspired. Right. And- right. Yeah, I had a hard time with it. It was uh, maybe it's just like routine disruption or something. <laughs> but uh, no, I think there hmm. were other things that were more important than than even music and rock and roll, and that was just surviving. You know, yeah. between that and the elections and everything, it's just been a crazy year where your your mind is focused on on other things. And then to just say, OK, now I'm going to go in and be creative is, yeah. you know, it's hard. Yeah, for sure. I think, too, like, I mean, it's probably happened to you, too. Like so many people's projects got put on hold or canceled or moved or who knows what in limbo land. So, yeah, I mean, the, everything pretty much shut down the music yeah. business, you know, the film business, everybody's job, everything just shut down and has been greatly impacted. You know, nobody can tour. Yeah. And frankly, yeah. you know, with the touring is really where most artists make money these days. Um, so with that not happening, you know, or, or we're going to make a record, but how are we going to even be out there promoting it? So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty weird, but, uh, but I'm sure you've been keeping busy. So, um, and what have you been doing? I think I read somewhere you're working on a memoir. Is that? I am. Yeah. So how's yeah, I'm just, that going? I'm just putting together the deal now and I've got a lot of it written already and, um, you know, I didn't think anybody would really be interested in, in what I had to say. I'm not a rock star or anything, but um, actually I've had a very uh, interesting life that, you know, it's a pretty raw uh, book as far as um, things that sort of come into play, not just music, but how they form you as a person and then how you go and create from that point of view, you know? Yeah. Um. So the, it's been cathartic for me, but also, yeah, it's... Like, I've read a bunch of memoirs that have been very polite and very vanilla. And I just thought, like, you know, where's, where's the warts? Very where's, like, the real stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I just decided mine's not going to be like that, you know? And it's going to be funny and hopefully, awesome. you know. Awesome. That's a And hopefully scary, people though. will be interested in, in, you know, like I said, someone, sometimes, like, it's the people behind the music and what they go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's and right. the choices they've made, you know? And, and that's like, we were talking about that just like for a minute before when we were mentioning the She Rocks Awards, all these people that you don't know about that do all these things. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes like like super significant things that affect, you know, your life and many people's lives. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. And, you know, to bring it to light, I mean, you know, back in the 80s when i was rocking out and stuff i mean it was a very small pool you know a very small club of women mm-hmm. and in some ways it's you know it still very much is if you look at that compared to to men you know yeah and it's i i, I don't get it because it's like to say that women can't rock is utter crap you know 
It's not, it's not like you're going to the gym and you have to, like, bench press 300 pounds. Yeah. There's no strength involved. And, in, in fact, when you look at, say, guitar, it actually requires some very sort of agile uh, fingering and small, delicate fingers. And women's fingers move just as fast as men's. I, uh, men. And I know this because I play keyboards. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I think it's more a mental thing. You know, like the whole guitar thing is like a, it's kind of like a phallic symbol to men. So they can't relate that a woman would be holding that and being just as, you know, edgy. Yeah, we're stepping it. Um, we're stepping into their territory. Right. The guys wanted to play so they could get the women. And now we're like, hey, exactly. we don't need you. <laughs> right. Who needs you? Go wait in the car. Yeah. You know? I am yeah. dying to find a group of women that either one that exists or that I could even put together of women that are just, you know, every bit as good as anybody that's really good out there, um, you know, that that are educated and really know how to play their instruments yeah. and great songs. I mean, like a superpower rock group. Yeah. You know, we, we have never had that. Yeah. I we've mean, had tribute bands. We've had bands like the Go-Go's, which are more in the pop arena. Although Kathy Valentine, she's a really good friend of mine and, and, um, you know, she always sort of found it daunting that they weren't more like the Stones, you know, and they mm -hmm. were sort of marketed and the, the, the way they were on stage because she's more of a rocker. But I mean, other than that, I mean, the Bengals weren't really a rock group. They were like kind of a soft rock group, pop group. Um, so we really haven't had, I think that's yeah. why so many people like the mm -hmm. Runaways because what they represented, the problem was they weren't, they weren't really, except for Joan Jett, they were, and even back then, when she was in that group, they weren't accomplished musicians. Right. Like you look at right. someone now, like Nina Strauss, and uh, so many women out there that are like, you know, their yeah, ability. There's some killer players is, for sure. Yeah, there's some yeah. killer players. And yeah. so why not a group of that? You know, with a killer singer. Mm. I have the singer. Well, let's see. We should talk about on it. On top of which, <laughs> you know what? They would be hot too. So yeah. they couldn't say, oh, well, you know, they play great, but look at it. You know, it, they would have like everything. Everything right. down. It'd be it'd be like the beginning of um, Wonder Woman, you know, with Robin Wright at the very beginning when they, there was this whole woman's sort right. of community, right. and they would be badass on every level, you know, beauty, brains, um, sophistication with their musicality, great songs, which I would, of course, I think, yeah, you might have that covered if they needed it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. they needed it. I would never yeah. push myself on of any course. band, but. You know, maybe something really cool could come out of that. I, that's never happened. Yeah. So for anybody that's listening, if you if you think you're one of those people, it'd be great to start something like that. Well, you know, you know we should talk about it. Maybe we can mm. uh, help facilitate that. That would be that would creation. be amazing. Well, I would say someone like Nina Strauss would Nina Strauss. She'd be great. Yeah, she's she's awesome, and I know uh, several really great female bass players too. And drummers. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm going to have a brain fart here because I actually am friends with her. I haven't talked to her in a while. But the bass player from um, Sick Puppies. Why am I? I can't think of her name. She's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't and, know her With name, her, sorry. she's... Um, <laughs> I'm going to kind of Google while we're talking. Okay. But, but she, she is every bit as good as some of the best bass players I've played with period and so you don't say even think gender wise you just think she's yeah. really someone I would call up because she does the right. job she's like one of those fingers she thumps she doesn't use a pick she thumps her fingers like the 
lot of Irish bands have bass players that are like that. But um, yeah, anyway, I, I, think, great I, think, I think it's like doable. You know, we uh, well, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about we'll, it. All right. You guys, you heard it here first. So. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up because when I was looking, I was watching your amazing sizzle reel, by the way, which I will post a link to because uh, thank like, you. that was so well Clearly done. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's brand new. Um, there's this this friend of mine, Richard Weitz, who's been doing these fundraising, amazing fundraisers. I don't know if you know about it. It's called Quarantunes. Hmm. And he and his daughter, who's like 17, have raised like... I want to say 15 16 million dollars wow. they have a lot of celebrity musicians and people like that on but anyway um now why did i bring that up see well, it's the end i was of the talking week. about Friday. your sizzle reel oh yeah, uh, yeah. They, they did a sizzle reel i'll send it to you they did it this this gentleman did a sizzle reel for him and um He's also, he's like a big agent at William Morris, so he's used to sort of sizzle reels, and he said, you need to get one. Yeah. Because I had one on there. It was There's nothing sizzle about it. It was a slow burn. It was like 15 minutes, you know. And he said, no, you need to have one that's really quick, 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 quick. So I just did it. Yeah. And my favorite part is the ending of the sizzle reel, which um, is basically Joe Biden yeah. and his acceptance speech to the I was the getting best. emotional. I was like, <laughs> I know, right? And I didn't know it was going to be on there. So when it happened, I was like, oh, my God. And I was all alone. It's like, yeah. who can I call? You right. know? But everybody started texting texting me. So. That's so cool. Well, it's funny. I um, So I was watching that sizzle reel, which I do think is probably one of the best sizzle reels I've ever seen, literally. Thank you. Um, and was thinking about, well, you've written so many iconic songs from for women, Um and I was wondering, like, when you wrote those songs, Love is a Battlefield, The Best, The Warrior, were you thinking of them f- as from a female point of view? Because they are universal. Like, guys could sing those songs, too. But when I look at right. them, I think of, like, strong women, like, s- standing their ground. Yeah, well, you know, you know? I, I'm more cognizant of that now, like, as, as a woman. But back then, I didn't think, well, first of all, I didn't think male or female. I just was sort of, you know had that sort of stance as a person that wasn't mm. like me against men, men against or anything or empowering. It was more, I had a, like a, a very sort of interesting upbringing. Um, uh, like there were a lot of sort of negative things growing up that I, that I went through. And I think in a cathartic way, but on autopilot, sorry about all this psycho babble, but what, <laughs> I, I wrote about all this stuff without realizing I was writing about it. Yeah. Okay. So I just, you know, you write what you know. And so that's kind of what came out of me. And one day an interviewer said to me, you know, all your songs, they're, they're all about uh, fighting and, and, and you've got these women singing in it. And I, and I said, well, no, they're not all about fighting. And he said, well, they are. And I'm saying that's a good thing. It's compelling. And you've got these strong women coming across in a strong way. And after he left, I, I thought about it and I went and I looked and I thought, yeah, he's right. And I hadn't, really realize that you know but he was right there's like invincible battlefield mm-hmm. um the warrior you know all those things so that was me trying to find my voice i think with my mother um and it wasn't about fighting with someone although we had plenty of that in my home it was more about fighting for something mm-hmm. and i was trying mm-hmm. to fight for the right to have my own voice and you know sort of basically take on the world in my terms and not what others pe- other people said I could or couldn't do, you know? Yeah. 
like if someone i just want to say to to everybody like you know if someone says no don't don't listen to them you know i mean unless it's like your, your child you're gonna run out in the street but but <laughs> you know anything else it's sort of like you know screw the cynics because if i listen to you know like uh I, I, I grew up studying classical piano. My mother really wanted me to be a, a concert pianist. And she would always say, you're this, you're not this. Hmm. Or, you know, all that judgmental stuff. So that's where that that fighting sort of stance uh, came out in me. But somehow it's tapped into, especially now, women, you know, we're coming into our own. And we have been since, we, since the suffragettes. I just saw a movie on suffragettes. It was amazing, like how repressed women were for so long yeah. I mean, that they yeah. couldn't even vote. And I mean, look where we've come. We've got a, a, our first uh, woman vice president. And, you know, someone sent me a video the other day that was amazing. I've tried to find it and I think it was taken off or something, but it, it, the headlines kind of were in case you didn't know it, this is what's going on as around the world, as we speak, while everybody's, you know, all these other issues are going on, you may not know it, but, and then it showed all these women that were leaders of so many countries. I mean, presidents, prime ministers, mm. a lot of companies like India, Indonesia, there's like a hundred women leaders in the world and it's happening. Very, it's like a movement that's happening very quietly. Yes. Yeah, and it's already, it's, you know stealth what I mean? Attack. It's very <laughs> stealth. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought that was wonderful, like how far we've come, and in other ways, how little we've come. Yeah. Um, and I think in some ways, also, it's worse just the, the fact that, um, you know, you have to have, it, the whole marketing thing with these TV shows, like whether it's Idol or The Voice or whatever, you have to have a story or it's not good enough. It's like <laughs> things are very distorted out there right now, you know. Yeah. Everybody wants instant gratification. Well, it's all um, about the clicks, yeah. you know? It's all about the mm -hmm. clicks. And that's. By the way, just the before I forget, yeah. the bass player's name is Emma Anzai. Okay. And she is phenomenal. Emma she would, Anzai. She, she would definitely okay. be my number one. But I'm going to write that down. It's, it's good to know that. <laughs> listen, you know, when I got inducted, this was after you guys um, honored me. Um, because I was the very first one that 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 you got weren't an award. just the first. You weren't just at the first year. You were literally the first person who was ever honored with a She Rocks Award. You were the first yeah. person I reached out to that was like, "Yes, I will do this." Yeah, and it so. and it's sitting right next to me in my studio right now. Um, and anyway, so uh, I got inducted. I think it was this. I don't know if it was 2013 that you did the first year. Maybe it was. Yeah, it was. I 2013. Was, yeah. yeah. So that same year I got inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And at that time there were four hundred men that had been inducted total, like the songwriters and even in bands like Queen or whatever. Yeah. And sixteen women. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it's still it really hasn't changed. It's like for every five men there's one woman. Yeah. You know? That's why we gotta keep pushing away here. We gotta keep Absolutely. We gotta keep making it happen. But yeah. um yeah, I mean I, I was I was super um I don't know, like I said, I felt emotional when I saw that clip in your sizzle reel with Joe Biden and your song The Best and I was like, Oh, she must have felt so amazing to have that. I that yeah. Song there. That, 
blew me away. And then, yeah, I started crying and people were texting like, oh my God, oh my God. And so I decided, yeah, that's going to end the sizzle reel. So yeah. if you go to hollynight.com, that, you know. Yeah, you guys got to check it out. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, and it's, it's on the homepage. It's the only video on there. Yeah, so. It's really, really great. So I remember, oh gosh, I don't know how many years ago this was when I was talking to you and you were talking to me about Broadway. And right. I know that you've done some projects there. It's probably, probably everything's on hold now. It, how, yeah. Did anything yeah. C- come together? I don't remember. <laughs> um, no, actually, yeah. I got as far as I got a producer and then they didn't like the writers and the writers didn't want to change mm. anything. So um, I, I wasn't happy with the writers either. So then I went off and decided to write this the uh the book for the musical myself it was all based on my catalog you yeah. know the music yeah. stuff. and um everybody always loved the music but you know the story it's always about the story with broadway and it's so expensive to put broadway out that everybody's like very very sort of yeah focused on getting name writers and blah blah blah, blah. so i thought well you know i'd really rather see it as a movie a musical movie and I thought you have so much more freedom with that and could be way more edgy so right. I decided to write the screen play oh cool um and I did it with a, a with a, a friend of mine who writes has written before but she wasn't anyone like a big name or anything so I did that and then I took it to a producer and she said I love your story and I love the music but this is not a good screenplay how would you feel about me hiring some really professional people uh-huh. um and I said, yeah, well, I'm working on my memoir. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, so it's okay. going to be made into a musical movie. That's cool. Um, we're going to get some other people to write the screenplay um, with all my songs in it and new songs. And so it's, but it's taking a long time because of the pandemic, you know, yeah. everything has been put on hold. And then in the meantime, I had, I had a song in Moulin Rouge, which was doing really well. And then I had another song in, no, three songs in the Tina Turner musical. Right, right. So, and then I invested in that as well. And then that got put on hold. So I'm just waiting for Broadway to reopen. And she was like, that same musical was being shown in London, Germany, Australia, Spain, and Amsterdam. Wow. So when that shut down, it was like, you know. You're like, oh no! Saw so, yes, saw some checks <laughs> flying away in the distance. <laughs> but I think they're starting to talk about reopening. Yeah, there too. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Yeah, and, I know. I because I miss. I always God, I miss a lot. You know, how many things did we all take for granted in our life before yeah, the pan- a million. pandemic? You know, I could just get on a plane. Oh, I'll go to New York. I'll go see a musical, yeah. and then I'll go have dinner. You know, I mean, yeah. none of those things exist right now in such a short amount of time, you know. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, We've all yeah. had to figure out a way, like, I don't know, have you been doing any of these, like, Zoom online interactions with, pe- with people? Yeah, well, that's why I like the quarantine's fundraiser yeah. thing that Richard yeah. was doing, because it brought a lot of people together that um, normally wouldn't be on a zoom and sharing music and yeah. raising money for charities. I mean, it's sort of like a, cool. a good cause with a party atmosphere, you know, but other than that, I was doing a master class. I did that for six weeks and it was so great that I decided I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Um, and that was all on zoom. And 
uh, I really, I got some, I, there's some testimonials on my website to how much they enjoyed it. And I loved my students. I actually really love teaching, you know? Yeah. I think that's um, really and more cool. And more than yeah. just teaching, like, you know, the textbook stuff, it's like, I could talk about the business and I could tell them like some juicy stories and I could, I gave them a lot of feedback. Like I really encouraged them to write and I gave them projects to do like different challenges and stuff. And I think they all came out of it as better writers. So yeah, that I did. And then I do zoom like business calls or whatever, right. but um, it doesn't dominate my life. And I, it's, it seems like everything that I do with a Zoom call takes twice as long <laughs> as it would normally take. Have you noticed that? I mean, I feel like, like it's better than not having it, but... It's yeah. brilliant. In yeah. fact, I think that when the pandemic has finally, finally really, really slowed down, where people have the choice of going back to work or not, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are going to choose to stay home and maybe go to work like two days a week. Yeah. yeah. And then they can stay at home and, you know... Um, the, you know, the hard thing now for me, it's different because I've always been self-employed employed. So for me to get up and have a routine and take a shower and go through my emails and go work out and then come and make myself work, I'm used to it. But for people that aren't, what happens is we get into the sort of pandemic haze where we don't want to really take a shower. <laughs> you know, we don't want to get dressed. Or if you do a Zoom, We're it's all like hermits you're now. wearing, like, from the, from the waist up, you're wearing, like, yeah. you know, Dolce Gabbana. And from the bottom down, you're wearing, like, a pair of ratty pants. I, I have like, to admit, like, I have to put on my calendar which day I should put makeup on if I have to do a Zoom call. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the most I have never worn makeup. Yeah. It's pretty know? weird. It's pretty yeah, nice. I had one friend. She's like, I don't, I don't remember what it was like to wear a bra. You yeah, know? It's so funny. Why bother? Well, I, I mean, in that way, it's nice, yeah. but it's also bad because you don't ever have like separation. Like, there is something great yeah. about running to get your coffee, get your shower, and go out of the house dressed up and yeah. ready to face the world. I mean, I think that's important, also, and um, we all, we all definitely lost that. And the award shows are just. I just can't watch them. It's yeah. so weird to have. It's the same with sports. Like, you know, to have all these cardboard cutups in the yeah, background. <laughs> and, and like on the award shows. And it's like they got yeah. fake cheering, fake yeah. audience. And, and like when they did the last music one, it was just so it was like very sterile, you know, yeah, it's missing the human element where you feel exactly. you feel the emotion that these people are feeling. Well, and you yeah. feel the collective energy of yeah. the audience, yeah. you know, that's very different than I, I really feel sorry for like Jimmy Fallon and, and those guys that are doing these live shows that, you know, they've made do and they've done great, but I, I find them unwatchable because yeah. I just like, there's a collective energy that happens between the audience and the guests and, you know, the hosts and stuff that, it just feels weird, you know? Yeah, for sure. I will say this, though, producing the She Rocks Awards this year, which was virtual, um, we did some things that sort of... It was lead, great. Leading, thank you. Leading up to the show and everything that I would mm -hmm. do again, even when we go back to yeah. the live show. Like, we did a virtual press conference ahead, which yeah. was really great. Um, just getting the women together to know each other and chat and... You know, I was like, oh, I would do this again. Like, this doesn't require a lot of people's time. And you, we can, you know, feel that camaraderie, which I you know, thought was it's cool. Definitely, yeah. And it's, well, that's what I like about certain, I think the Zoom call thing I was talking about before, the quarantine thing is like that. Because everybody performs live. And they're not so worried about 
you know, the, the, the makeup and the way they yeah. look. They're actually, it's downplayed a lot. And you get to see people in a natural environment just being more normal instead of all glittered out and glammed out, right. you know. And there's right. something nice nice about that, too, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it feels like a little more intimate, right? You're getting to know exactly. real people. But, you know, when yeah. I did that one Zoom thing for, for quarantines, um, Richard had surprised me by getting Noah Reed to come on while I was on. And Noah Reed was on Schitt's Creek, and he's the one that did the acoustic version of The Best. Yeah. And so it was really cool to be able to tell him right to his face, I love your version. Oh, yeah. You know? It's cool. Oh, and by the way, you're singing the wrong lyric. Ah. <laughs> he laughed. That's awesome. They're singing the wrong lyric. Adrian Warren, who's brilliant, she's the, she plays Tina Turner or did when it was open. And the Tina Turner, uh, she won a, a Tony for it last mm. year. They may be up for it again. But um, I have to find her and tell her she's singing one word wrong, and it's just driving me nuts. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Well, let's see. Well, you know, you have to rhyme things, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's like something the best, better than all the rest. Better than anyone I ever met. I'm stuck in your heart. And then it goes, she, they both sing, I hang on every word you say. Tear us apart, baby, I would rather be dead. So say and dead don't rhyme. Yeah. And it never occurred to them because that's what they sing. It's really said. Said, right. I yeah. hang on every word you said. Tear us apart, baby, I would rather be dead. Said and dead rhyme. Wow. See, <laughs> it's important. Oh, the things that I, you know, in the scheme of things, it's no big deal. But, but... see, now now that we can get together virtually, you can tell them that in person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of. Well, I did. I told <laughs> Noah, and he was so embarrassed. And I was like, no, no, it's, I'm, I, I love you, you know. Don't yeah, worry about it. That's so funny. I mean, mm -hmm. it is it is super interesting how, um, you know, available people have become who in the past you just couldn't connect with. So sure. There's something there. There's there's some connection in this weird separation that we, we're having these days. Oh, I, I completely agree. This all happened for a reason. And I think we needed to slow down. Yeah. And take a breath. I mean, we certainly spend more time with our families. And that's a good thing. You know, a lot of kids ended up coming back home. Yeah, mine did. Yeah, my son, he graduated from college in December and, you know, right before the pandemic, he was going to come out and the pandemic was just like slam dunk that he moved back to L.A. Yeah. And, you know, and you sit there and you, you, you have to sort of because you have to have these clusters and you can't see other people. I think, you know, I started a puzzle like Instagram page for the puzzles because I love to do puzzles. Mm -hmm. This was before everybody was doing it, too. I just thought. I found, I pulled some out and I showed him to my son I, and he's grown up, you know, and I said, do you want to, you want to try puzzle me? We got so obsessed. We've done like 50, 50 different puzzles, a thousand pieces. Wow. And I've started to post. Yeah. Am I going to so have to check that out? 50, <laughs> so 50 times a thousand. That's, that's 50,000 pieces. No, that's more than 50,000. It's like. No, it's 50,000. Yeah. 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 Right. That's a lot. But that's a lot. <laughs> And I, so I started taking photos of them. So what we would do is we would do them. Then we would just, as soon as we took a picture, we put, we just destroyed them. So it's a very Zen thing because yeah. like, you know, they do that in India with these mandalas yeah, in, right. in the temples. They will have like, you know, 20 monks and they'll be making these very intricate, beautiful mandalas made of, out of colored sand, like very intricate. And then when they're done, and I don't know how long it, it takes, but it could be a year, it could be a month, they open up the doors and the wind just blows it all wow. away. 
And it's not about the res- end it's result. It's about it's the, like journey. the journey. Right. Yeah. right. And yeah. the time you spent. And I kind of feel like that's what this pandemic is and that we do have a lot to learn from it. And we do, there are ways we can function better, like working from home, not, you know, not always having to be on the freeway, not always having to be out and just being stupid and getting drunk and whatever, you know, and it's slowed definitely all over the place. Yeah, all the cities <laughs> that the pollution is gone now because the factories had to shut down. I mean, we'll go back to the, we have to go back to the other way, but we can learn from it. And yeah. I think part of that is, is the environment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Going you. green. I'm with you. I think, I think there's a lot of pluses. There's obviously a lot of minuses mm. too, but yeah. yeah. But I, I, I do think, you know, it's been an interesting opportunity for us to refocus and examine things like you said things we took for granted things we just did because that's how you always did them and didn't even think about it and yeah yeah. and it's been a good time it's been a good time for me to sort of help people like in the beginning you know certain people that didn't want to go to the store and my son and I would do some shopping for them and just not always thinking of yourself and being like yeah selfish or whatever um because a lot of people are still like really really suffering and yeah yeah um yeah it's been it's been pretty crazy it's been humbling yeah yeah. it's been humbling yeah so you've been working on the memoir have you been working on new music too yeah I just wrote a a, uh well like I said in the beginning I wasn't that inspired but I am I'm actually working on several different things right now including I'm also doing a record myself but it's not like a rock song thing it's more like electronic Mm. very hooky electronic music you know yeah cool um yeah something that and uh you know memoirs you're taking up a lot of time i've been doing the master classes i do find that well especially with the music business sort of you know i don't want to call it say it's shut down and piss anyone off but that's what it feels like anyway you know um but There's pockets I, that are still rolling along yeah right? exactly yeah. but yeah. until until until, until touring can happen it's all going to feel kind of funny to me and I've been doing this for so long, like, I don't have to do it. So I only do it when I feel like doing it. And I'm really into photography. So I've been spending time doing that. And, um, you know, like fine art photography. Yeah. A lot of that would involve traveling, though, which I haven't been able to do. Right, right. Um, but I, I really like to photograph architecture, especially if it's really old and decrepit mm-hmm. or abandoned. Oh, cool. Um, and, you know, I'm always open to working. I meet new people that they want to work. If I like their, what, what they've sort of come up with, I, I'll, I'll still work with, you know, young people, new talent yeah, and yeah. things like that. Um, oh, cool. cool. Yeah. But it's yeah. just like I do, I will say, and that's even for me, even with being, you know, having all these accolades and success, it's very posse driven right now hmm. um, as far as. You know, you want to work with a particular artist. There's so many gatekeepers surrounding that person. And then they stick to the same people they're writing with. And I think um, I feel bad for people that are starting out now and trying to get song covers um, out there. You know, it's it's, it's hard. Yeah, that that whole thing has changed a lot. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky because my stuff gets licensed all the time, every day, especially a couple of the songs. And... So that's like the gift that keeps on giving. But I have new stuff that I'm doing that I'm really into and just trying to get, you know, someone to get it to the right person. It's it's just so much work sometimes. It's just, yeah. I, you know, I'm like. 
If you can't it, do it, who can? That's the question. The, well, I know I'm thinking that, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that, I mean, because, yeah. you know, it's one thing that it's nice to have the recognition and the respect, but it's like, hey, I want to work with Adele. I'm yeah. perfect for Adele. Right. Yeah. I've sat sure. down at the piano and come up with a couple of things like, oh my God, you know, and she's not going to do outside music. And she's very particular about who she writes with. And, um, yeah. and it's a shame because I really think we'd be a good fit. Right. Okay. You know, so anybody listening three hears times, that, you know, huh? I said, if anyone listening hears that, that you got to get, we got to right? connect Adele with, with Holly. Well, she moved to to L.A., so that makes it easier. She just recently, well, not just, but she got divorced. I've been divorced three times. Um, I'm sure she's a fan of Tina Turner's. Yeah, there you go. Um, And I've written 10 songs for Tina Turner to start with. So, And she has a wicked sense of humor, so do I. So it's perfect. There you go. We're going to put that out into the universe. yeah, and but just so people that you know that feel bad, oh, I can't get my song to sound so it's yeah. like that for everybody. For everybody, right? For everybody, you gotta just keep plugging away. That's how it goes, right? Um, exactly, yeah. and it's not a reflection of if what you're doing is good or not. It's a reflection of so many facets that come into play. You know, there's this book, The Four Agreements. Have you ever heard of that book? I don't think so. It's, Oh, it's great. It doesn't make one one of the agreements is don't make any assumptions. Mm. But the one that I really relate to is like don't personalize things because yeah. I used to do that a lot. And it really has nothing to do with you if you don't get sort of the response that you want. Right. It has nothing to do with you. A person could have lost like a million dollars in the stock market that morning. And you're going to be on the other end of it saying, did you listen to my song? No, I've been very busy. It's like, you know, it's not about you. Yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. Yeah. Well, it's been so awesome to catch up with you and chat. And please keep me posted on any new things you'd like us to share. And I'm going to think about this women's kick-ass group uh, that we need to work on. That would be such a great thing to come out of this. Yeah project if you think about it because you've been at the forefront of you know celebrating women in in rock and and just you've done so much good work with it it's like wouldn't it be perfect yeah like what a great story that emerges like this super group of like i think i when i when i think about that like to me and this is kind of perfect because the thing that Mm -hmm. holds groups like that back is really good songs and sometimes you have that's great right. players, but you don't have really good songs. And that's like, right. it's pretty important. <laughs> but you know what? Just on a playing level, there has not been one group where the women were virtuosos. Yeah. You know, like I studied classical for 10 years and I can sit down and play Beethoven. Like I'm, I'm I have to say, like, the, I know my strengths and my weaknesses. I'm a really good player still. And nobody really knows that about me. I, I do it for my own enjoyment. You know, that's one one part of music where I don't want anything from it, but just the experience of being able to sit down and do that and get in that mode. Like once I start doing that, sometimes I can sit there and play for five hours and don't even it. I'm so in the moment. It doesn't feel like I've been been playing for yeah, that long. Wow. It feels like it's been, you know, half an hour or something. Yeah. But that kind of musicality, I, I have a lot of respect, so much respect for anybody that has the sophistication to be an accomplished musician, male or female. But there are a lot of a lot of unrecognized women out there, and you can Google them. I mean, there's a pl- plethora of them, and a lot of young and upcoming ones from the strangest com- countries like India and Israel mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. just mind-boggling. Yeah. 
So why is it that there has never been one group where the players were so great and yet they were like a rock like edgy fucked up group you know what i mean like they weren't it wasn't vanilla or anything it was just great songs look great just a badass band with a lot of it would have to be a loud powerful band it would have to be like like an edgy rock band with a lot of pop sensibility you know Mm -hmm. like a female queen you know right right and we could call it king (laughs) (laughs) that's hysterical all right, so Holly. We can, we can think on that. We're going to think on it. I, I, I like the idea. All okay. right. Awesome. So Good great to talk, to talk to you. To you. <laughs> All right. Take care, honey. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh.